Uh, he claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Do you know who he's talking about? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. Hello and welcome to Cinema 7. I am your host, Chris Hawk. Today we're doing a pitch it or fix it. For those first-time listeners, a pitch it or fix it is when, for pitching, we usually take an internet rumor or something that we hear about, a movie is about to be planned to be made, which could take years, so we're just going to go ahead and pitch it right then and there. And then fix it is when we usually take movies that aren't usually well-received or movies that we think could have been better and we fix them. Today, we're pitching... The Obi-Wan Kenobi solo Star Wars anthology movie. To my north is John Kenoki. The north remembers. <laughs> to, to the south, Mario Bakari. Howdy, y'all. Oh, God. <laughs> so, for news today, news, 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 we have a pretty shocking bit of news that I don't, I, I, I just, I think it, this is, this is becoming a trend now. Oh, you have a popular hero? Oh, 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 it's time to make a movie just for them. Today, you mean we villain? recently heard, uh, just any, 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 any comic book character. Today, we heard that they are planning to go ahead with a Joker from Batman. Joker. A Joker solo movie. John. You know. Tell me. Tell me. It's tell interesting me it that they choose to do this because the Joker is one of those characters that is uh, arguably better if you don't know his motivations or where he comes from. So, I, I mean, we discussed this slightly before the podcast. The only thing that makes sense to me is if Jared Leto is not the real Joker, but he's become the Joker because he was Robin, and we get another Joker who corrupts him. And Batman makes a cameo because he's going to do it anyway. So why not do it? You know, maybe Robin takes on too much that he, can, he can't handle and, uh, you know, ends up uh, mutilated. And he already had all those tattoos because he was a punk. <laughs> yep. Maybe he has, maybe he has to make an, face an acrobatics challenge that's too much for him. And then the stress just gets to him and then he turns into a Joker. That's how it goes. I would give people what they want in a Joker movie and uh, like a, a Robin throwback that everybody wants so much. I agree with you, John. I think if you know too much of the Joker's past, it kind of takes away from that mystique, the mystery of the Joker. Because I know recently they they have rumored, or I don't know if they have, they've DC Comics have want, is wanting to, or they have given the Joker a real name. And I think that kind of kind of ruins the mystique of the character in a way if i mean it doesn't ruin the the character like characteristic wise and being the main villain of batman but i think it just ruins his you know what i'm trying to say like it, it kind of eliminates the purpose of i don't know you guys know what i'm trying to say i just i just hope you guys are ready for the i mean it's already an epidemic but i think i just hope you're ready for the horde of cosplayers that are going to do the Joker when this movie comes out. 
but which Joker? Because we're going to have Leonardo DiCaprio Joker 1 <laughs> and Jared Leto Joker 2 and Martin Scorsese three-hour movie number three because he's the third Joker behind the scenes. <laughs> there Don't is three Har- Jokers. Don't forget Harley. She's going to be a Joker also. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, how about the... Um, have you guys seen the Harley and Batman animated movie? It's not... It's... It's uh, it's mixed reviews, but I I not. heard that there's a Nightwing Harley Quinn sex scene. Get out of here! Just like the what was the last one they did where Batman and Batgirl had a sex scene? I mean, that was a little. Uh, I I, th- I know people had a lot of mixed reactions about that. Um, how do you guys feel about just? I mean, I think me and John have talked about it before, maybe on an episode without Hawk, or maybe we all three of us talked about it. Just the just how ridiculous the idea of, or maybe did, did we talk about how ridiculous it was? But I, I know John recently has said to me personally about how she kind of is infatuated with Batman a little bit. But Batgirl, uh, no Harley Quinn. Harley. I you know with Nightwing, the thing with Nightwing is he's almost as bad of a hero as you can get because he does whatever he wants. He's <laughs> he's not Batman. <laughs> And he's never going to be Batman. He always does. First of all, he always messes up. He always does the wrong thing when you could have done something better and hurt somebody. So it doesn't surprise me or leave me, you know, I, I can believe that he would easily like fall into this scenario where this happened. I don't, I don't know how it happens, if it does happen, but I'm sure it's Nightwing, you know, being Nightwing and thinking he's better than everything, you know, on the planet. So I can easily believe that. So do you think it's like maybe Harley Quinn using him? I haven't seen the movie yet, so I don't know. Neither do I, and I don't really want to watch it just because the, uh, the girl who does the voice is the girl from uh, The Big Bang Theory. I don't know what her name is, but I just mm, I can't get weird. on board with that voice because it doesn't. It's not anywhere near as good as um, you know Tara Strong or anybody else that's done it. So I just I can't get on board with it. But if if the scenario makes sense and it's Nightwing being an idiot, then I could believe it. I just find it weird that they would team Harley Quinn with Batman in Nightwing. It's all Personally. about popularity. It's all about True. popularity. Well, I don't, I don't know the exact plot because I didn't really read it because, I mean, it's kind of out of nowhere. It doesn't really make sense. But I know it has to do with Boys and Ivy. And, I mean, Ivy and Harley are, like, you know, best friends. So if Ivy's doing something that isn't in her character and Harley really cares about her, then she might go to Batman to go save her or save her from herself. I could believe that, but again, it's a stretch and something they didn't really need to do. So I'm not really sure why they've done it in the first place. That's uh, that's it for news. Uh, we're gonna get right into our pitches. This is pitch it or fix it. So Obi Wan Kenobi Solo Star Wars anthology movie. Before um, before you get into it, Chris, I'll, the rules. As usual, I will go over them. The only rules here were you had to stick to Star Wars canon, and that is everything that is canon. So, Clone Wars, Rebels, all the episodes, Rogue One, you know, all the movies. Han Solo movie, you know, if that erases your your pitch, I'm sorry, but retroactively your pitch did not fit the criteria. So get out of here. But that's the only rules. Uh, It's obvious, and it's kind of hard if you really think about it. Yeah, this is a very hard pitch, guys. So. My Obi-Wan movie. Um, I'm, I'm going to just 
my first pitch is I'm just going to give the people what they want, and they basically want a Logan-styled Obi-Wan Kenobi movie where it's like an old Western on Tatooine. Someone captures Luke at a very young age, like a young enough age where Luke can never remember this type of situation. And Obi-Wan has to team up with Joel Edgerton, who is Uncle Owen, who reprises his role as um, Uncle Owen. And they go on a spree to recapture, to get back Luke. And I mean, that's what everyone wants for the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. But I just, I'm going to do it different. So my Obi-Wan Kenobi pitch actually goes in between episodes two and three. I'm pitching an Obi-Wan and Anakin movie where basically the whole entire movie is just going to be them two. It's going to be them two fleshing out their relationship even more, them testing the boundaries of a mentorship and the, uh, the, a, teacher and a, a teacher and a Padawan, a, a friendship, like a father-son and a brother-type relationship also. I, I, want, I want Obi-Wan to fully see the, the anger inside Anakin because he never really gets to see it until the end of Revenge. It's like because he's he's incapacitated when he kills um, Darth Tyrannus. He's he's basically not there whenever he goes AWOL. Obi-Wan really never sees the anger in Anakin. And I want I want Obi-Wan to see the signs before episode three. So he's hesitant, but he still believes the full faith of his Padawan because he's trained him himself. And Obi-Wan doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to see himself as a failure. So what's going to happen is. They're going to be on the. They're going to receive notice. The Jedi Council is going to send them on a mission to Utapau. And now this is before the big old giant war of um, Utapau, where uh, General Grievous is. So they're they're going on word of a arms dealership that's happening between the Separatists and one of the Federations. And so when they get there, they finally are introduced to Grievous. So this is like, not no, I wouldn't say it finally introduced, but. General Grievous becomes a large part of the, was it the Trade Federation? Yeah. Or is he, is he, he's, okay, he's Trade Federation. He he pretty much controls the, and gives orders to the, anybody part of the Trade Federation. So they're on, they're on Utapau. They go to either observe the, um, the, the, uh, the, the trade, or they go to stop it. They're there on like a reconnaissance mission, or they're there to like fully put a stop to it. I haven't really figured that out yet. But it really needs to show more of the dichotomy between the styles of the two Jedi, uh, how Obi-Wan is the way more planned out strategic Jedi, and Anakin is just the, you know what, I'll make this up as I go along type Jedi. And we want to see them styles mesh together, so it's like they're working on a plan, but it's on the fly, and it actually works type of thing. We want them to see how well they work together, because we do get a sense of how well they work together at the beginning of episode two, and a little bit at the beginning of episode three. So we want to see a lot more of that because that's probably where my favorite parts of the, of the trail of the prequel shine is when they're interacting together and it's fun. And it's, it's like one of my favorite parts of the prequels is because you could see that they are a good team. Like no matter how crappy it looks, they really do make a damn good team. So we want to, we want to see Anakin go to like, DEFCON 4 anger levels in this movie, and we want Obi-Wan to bring him back out of it. So it's like Anakin's right at the cusp, and Obi-Wan can, he, he, he wants to think that he can save Anakin type of, like, it could be a situation where Grievous 
after receiving the arms, he goes to test it out on a village. And then Anakin sees this and he goes after Grievous alone before Obi-Wan even knows what's happening. Obi-Wan has to stop Anakin before, you know, like a full entourage barrage from the arms, from Grievous's troops, stuff like that. Um, really, I want this movie to lead up to the very beginning of episode three, just like how Rogue One begins to New Hope. I think that would be pretty neat. Or it could end, it has, it could be two endings. It could lead up to episode three, or it could be like, you could do like the CGI version of uh, uh, Alec Guinness, and he's looking upon a photo of him in like a digital, like their, whatever, the tablets of what uh, him and Anakin, and he's remembering this great time that he had with Anakin. I, I really just want to push the relationship of Anakin and Obi-Wan in this movie. That's like, this is a fond moment. Like it's, it's an everyday not too special mission, but it has large ramifications in the Star Wars universe. But to them, it's just a regular mission that they've been on like a million times. But it's special because, you know, this is one of the last times Obi-Wan, like we see the end of the mission at, at the beginning of episode three of Anakin and Obi-Wan's mission to take down Grievous. That's like their last mission together before Anakin and Obi-Wan fight on Mustafar. So we, I really want to push it that this is their last time having like fun together. This is this is the last time where they're seen as really really good friends and like the rift that Palpatine has put between them as you can see in episode 3 it hasn't got there yet. You don't see any of that. It, this is like them truly doing their Jedi order duties and them owning it and doing well at it. And that's my pitch for Obi-Wan. It's Obi-Wan and Anakin. That's what the movie title would be. So right before in the beginning, you want them to chase maybe Grievous off of Utapau and then have Obi-Wan return back to Utapau? See, I was going to say that it would be the introduction to Grievous, but Grievous was introduced in the Clone Wars, so I just it just ruins everything. So it's got to be like they're trailing Grievous. Like they're still always one step behind. So it's got to be like an arms deal or like a ship deal where they're getting new armaments to join the war because the war... It's like Utapau, and then it goes from Utapau, and then it goes straight to Coruscant, and then Obi-Wan goes back to Utapau to go after Grievous again. So I think that would make a little bit more sense. Like, they're on a trail. First, they go to Utapau, check out the arms dealership. It's actually kind of a trap, too. So they, they like, maybe mm -hmm. they capture the Jedi. Grievous gets away to Coruscant, where the big battle's being taken care of. Then Anakin and Obi-Wan finally get out. They release from their captors. They have to getting their Jedi Starfighters, fly way over to Coruscant, and then they're in the middle of the battle. And that would, that would probably be what my movie would be consistent of, is them getting, them getting in the trap, them getting out, and then them going, finding a way really fast back to Coruscant, and that would lead right into episode three. I, um, have you, have you, you remember the uh, cartoon Clone Wars made by Samurai Jack guy? Yes, I do. I remember that was... Uh, kind of uh, exact lead up to uh, episode three. Now, I don't know if that's canon anymore. I don't think um, it is canon. I think you can make it canon because you can have season one of that Clone Wars be before the whole uh, CG series. And then you can have uh, after that, you can have the um, season two be the uh, follow up and lead into the movie. If they wanted, if they could, if it's still canon, they could do that do it that way but 
I guess if that's not canon anymore, you, you, you uh, your idea. I, I, I personally would like to see Obi Wan and Anakin. Um, oh, buddy, Christian and uh, uh, Ian McGregor both reprise their roles. It, they've got. That to was going to be my question. Now, do, do we know in, if in the uh, we don't know yet if Ian McGregor will be Obi Wan in the in the movie, right? Because it's not just er, it's just early talks. Right. Yeah, we have no idea the plot, or even if he could be. I'll tell you what, that'd be such a mi- mi- uh, mi- mitch ma- uh, mismatch if they, uh, it- it'd just be so awkward not to cast him. So that I think that would be kind of a loss on Lucasfilm if they don't do that. I don't know. Um, I, I like your idea, Chris Hawk. I-, I think I can get behind it if they were to do something like that. But I, I just don't know about them going to Utapau on the mission. Maybe something, something different. It could be, it could be anywhere else. I just landed, perhaps. I literally picked Utapau because it's my favorite planet to say. Utapau. I mean, Utapau is a cool planet. Utapau. And the race there is uh, pretty neat. And it's got that cool lizard that... I wish I could bring Yeah, you can develop the connection between him and that lizard in that movie. (laughs) 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 Oh, um, yeah, I I was looking online. A lot of people want an old, like a Logan style. Obi Wan Kenobi. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. See, you can do a Logan style. Um, I don't know if they'll do it uh, to the extent of like the rated R type thing, but that'd be great. It'd just be a throwaway. To, I just feel like that idea of capturing Luke and then him protecting Luke, it's kind of a throwaway because we know why he's there. You'd have to make it meaningful. And when I get to my pitch, I'm going to tell you. I I think my I I think my pitch gives the Obi movie some meaning, but. Um, John, do you have any uh, other opinions on Fox Pitch? Well, what you were just talking about, a throwaway movie, I mean, if you set it anywhere in between the movies, that's what it's going to be, you know? You can only do so much. Even with that movie, he he kills Darth Maul in Rebels. Yeah. So you have to lead into that or be before that, so you can't you can't go so far in the future. It'd have to be like, oh, here's your, here's your new baby, protect him. Oh my God, he's stolen. Like you'd have to do it immediately. Yeah, and it's just, my, it's ridiculous. My uh my last pitch is when um, Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan, Yoda, and Anakin they all have like a ghost party, like a Force ghost party. I was gonna pitch that. That's, that's my last pitch. <laughs> the the Force afterlife. Yeah, they it's like they go on a mystery and they get help from like this this dog and some teenage kids and then this van that's like green and it's about- uh it's pretty spooky. How about a, a Detective Obi-Wan movie in between one and two? Because like, episode two, that's, get, that's one of my favorite get... parts of episode two is Detective Obi-Wan. What? I dig what it. Is, what's the mystery? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they can figure that out. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, the mystery would... Is it a suspense the, the mystery, thriller? The, the, mis- the mystery has got to be um, yeah. finding more about the Sith, and that's what the mystery would be. And then at the end of the movie, it would be, well... I really didn't find anything, so there must not be any. And then, you know, <laughs> Count Dooku proves him wrong. So my pitch, all right, I also thought about the uh, the movie Everybody Wants, and I, I went into a, a little bit there. The only way you could do that is either do something ridiculously early, or you could just lead up to the Darth Maul thing and then do it on screen. Because Ray Park can still do those moves. Oh my he, goodness, he's, he come he's back. super fit. Super fit. Yeah, he was in uh, something more recently. 
I didn't even realize it. And he was, oh, it was one of the G.I. Joe movies. He was uh, Snake Eyes. And I was he like, do what? It? That's not my pitch, though, but I'm just saying. They wanted to do it. You can make that battle scene not uh, five seconds long. Why not? Yeah, you can, I mean, you can basically say, well, Rebels isn't canon. It's Legends. <laughs> I, I mean, no, you could just make it like they had more confrontations before that one, you know, instead That's of him true. hunting him. But my real pitch is a uh, Obi-Wan Origins movie uh, with Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. Um, Dude, Ian McGregor still looks kind of young, so I think, they could, I think they could get away with that. That was what I was, was going to say. I think you could get away with it, especially if you touch him up with CGI. Not as like heavily done as, uh, you know, as we saw in Force Awakens in some areas, but just enough because he's already he's only 46. So you could easily do it. Easily. Easily. But uh, so my movie is Liam Neeson and Obi-Wan before episode one. Uh, not too early, obviously. But I want to touch on the plot that they mentioned in Clone Wars of New Mandalore when Obi-Wan meets uh, Satine Cries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you get a lot of growth with Obi-Wan and you appreciate him as a Jedi because he makes a choice not to leave the Order even though he wanted to. So you could easily do that plot where they're sent to uh, New Mandalore for a year to protect uh, the Duchess and bounty hunters are sent to assassinate her. And you could you could do that, and you could have some really iconic bounty hunters that you could introduce, because uh, there's really no precedent for who's set there. In some cases, you could invent new characters, and it's only briefly touched on, so it's loose enough canon that you can work around it and not hurt anything, and then lead directly into them leaving and then getting reassigned to go investigate this uh, disturbance in the Force. Now, is Obi-Wan still a Padawan at the beginning of Episode 1? Yes. Yeah, he's not promoted to a knight until after Naboo, right? Yeah, well, after, um, once he is trained, or once at the end, I think, when they, when you see uh, yeah. Anakin as the, as the, with the Padawan braid, I think there he's actually a full-on uh, Jedi knight. Because at the beginning of 2, he's on the council, so he's got to be a master by then. Yeah. And I think, they, I think they do that because he knows the situation of what's going on. He's more familiar with it because of what happened on Naboo. Yeah, it's out of necessity more than he was ready, I think, at that point, because they were still set in the old ways. It would have taken him years. But I really think that uh, a movie in between is hard to do. You can do it. Mario, if, if you're doing the movie I think you're doing, then I, I think it could work. And Chris Hawks, I think yours could work as well. It's just the, the problem is the Clone Wars have done it. Yeah, so well so far. It's, it's really it's hard, hard to fit it in there. There's a lot going on there. This takes an area that we haven't really touched on, but has been touched on in a canon area mm-hmm. and set a precedent for a plot that we can do. So that's why I felt it was the best. Are way you to gonna do it. are you gonna introduce like a wild side to Obi Wan when he's younger? So it's like there's parallels between him and Anakin. I don't I don't think so. I think he needs to be conflicted more than uh, rebellious. Because I don't think Obi-Wan was ever the type of person to be rebellious. That's I true. think he just needs to be conflicted and learn to control this, this emotion because he's told it is wrong, not because he wants to. I think that's the key. Then you can really shine on how the Jedi Order, you know, it's kind of set in the old ways and it wasn't really necessary. I, um, I mean, I love Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon's my favorite Star Wars character, so I'm totally on board <laughs> for it, John. Um, I was going to bring up is... 
even though he's the reason why all this is happening. So anyway, um, <laughs> all I want to say is, is apparently on Clone Wars, you know, George was always, George Lucas was always there. Like he, he was a creative consultant. I mean, like every couple weeks or every month or so, they would have meetings and they'd have creative meetings on where to take it. And he would advise them where to go and they would ask him about information and stuff. And more recently, uh, it's been revealed that Kathleen Kennedy um, said that uh, sometimes George will still whisper stuff to her about certain things. And mostly the thing that she mentioned was about Jedi and Jedi training. So, you know, John, I'm really adamant on getting George Lucas to direct one more Star Wars movie or be a creative <laughs> consultant slash producer on another one. And I think that one right there, John, would be perfect. I think, yeah, you could get a lot of. Uh lore out of the way and uh, really establish a solid foothold on some of the things that people speculate and just kind of create non-canon things for in terms of the Jedi Order and other things. Because we only ever really get it when it's in turmoil. We don't get it in a time of you know peace and uh, really at the height of their power because we get them as soon as things start to you know hit the fan, so to speak which you could you could get a lot of it in and you don't even have to spend a lot of time on it in the beginning of the movie and you could you could even go in depth into Qui-Gon and just a little bit about why he thought what he was doing was so right cuz you yeah. could touch on how he believed that the, you know the prophecy and all that in this he movie was pretty in tune with the force also like i think he, him he was more in tune than Yoda is because he's one of the first to know how to go into a force ghost so he mm -hmm. he 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 could like i think he what would I read? That he is one of the the most in tune with the way of the Force. And that's probably why he was so adamant about Anakin and why he should be trained. Yeah, some of that, um, some of the, like, the philosophy and stuff, when you get behind characters in the prequels, and especially when you uh, watch Clone Wars, you, you get a lot of uh, more sensibility of stuff for the prequels, uh, character-wise and, you know, lore. But yeah, like I think that's one of the most underestimated things about the prequels is like, you know, just um just the different things that you could think of character-wise or theories or characteristics that people have, you know. There's definitely a lot of character growth and uh world expansion in the prequels more so than the first three movies, obviously, but I mean, I think that's cuz that's what they were designed to do because they were prequels and that's what they are. I think that's a lot of the reason why people that grew up with the originals don't appreciate it as much is because that's not what they ever wanted. It was the people that, you know, grew up in that next generation that wanted the expansion. Mm -hmm. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> All right, so I guess it's uh, my turn. Go Mario B. Uh, before I get into my uh, Obi-Wan pitch, I just want to uh, mention that you know, since I just mentioned you, you know, maybe George could direct or be producer, creative consultant on uh, John's pitch. Um, I I think that, you know, if they were to do another like movie, if we were to do a Star Wars pitch, like if we could pitch any Star Wars movie. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to pitch an old Republic movie and George Lucas is going to be my director. And I think that would be the perfect fit is George Lucas doing an old Republic movie. But anyway, let me get into my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, standalone anthology uh, Star Wars story movie pitch. So I, I was thinking of a bunch of things. Um, one of the things that I had an idea for was 
maybe bring Vader and Obi-Wan together and they get captured and they have to fight. And maybe that does something to the, to the, what, uh, Chris Hawk was trying to do. Um, but you know, I, I don't think that would really work because of the remorse and stuff like, Oh, Darth Vader probably just kill him after they freed or got free. Um, but so what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix, uh, some of my Mace Windu movie idea with my, uh, Obi-Wan movie. Um, Obi-Wan is obviously the star of this movie. Mace Windu is kind of uh, off the rails in my movie. Now, I wasn't really satisfied with my Mace Windu pitch because I, I didn't really know what to do. But I knew that I wanted Mace to be in a Samurai 7 style movie, 13 Assassins style, like defending a village from stormtroopers or whatever. So this one is kind of like a, a spin off of that in a way. So what's going to happen is uh, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan are going to defend a village from bounty hunters and or stormtroopers on Tatooine. So Mace, um, who's with Jar Jar, freed Jar Jar from the uh, dumb circus crap. Um, so uh, so they, they've been together for a little bit. This might be uh, five to ten years afterwards. I think that still works because Rebels is technically four years when it starts before New Hope. Um, yeah. So... What's going to happen is Mace and Windu get information that there could be a way to cripple the Empire in some fashion. So they're going to go, so they go to uh, Tatooine somehow uh, knowing that Obi-Wan is there. They're going to try to recruit him on this mission. Uh, Obi-Wan wants no part of it. He's, he doesn't want to be part of it. He's, you know, he's, he's, um, he's broken. He's kind of a broken man after his, you know, his best friend is Padawan turned to the dark side. and. You know, he has a mission on Tatooine. Uh, but what's going to happen is I kind of want Uncle Owen. Is it, isn't it true that he, he doesn't know that Anakin's still alive? I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they ever established that. Yeah, they never really touch on that. That's the movie. Boom, that's my movie right there. But I mean, I mean, if, I mean if, he's heard, <laughs> if he's heard rumblings of Darth Vader, I think he would know. I, I, so I want them to kind of argue at one point because uh mace is somehow uncle owen's going to get involved and i want um mace to realize or feel the presence or something of this of this boy you know that that he he, something seems familiar to mace windu and i i think maybe uncle owen could be that sense of maybe like oh we want to stay away from him or something or who knows? But Obi Wan and Mace are—I want them to fist fight. Have like, uh, do you ever see they live with Roddy Piper? Yes. Well, he gets in a fist fight with that dude in the alleyway, and I want something like that. Like just them to fight for five minutes. Just a straight up fist fight, no yeah. force. Yeah, man maybe use, on man. Yeah, or maybe some, or maybe Mace cheats and uses the force. Or Harley Obi-Wan. Quinn sex scene. <laughs> no. Uh, so I want Mace to wager the boy's life to have Obi agree to, to fight with him. Cause, cause I want Mace to also be kind of broken. Like, you know, he's, he's kind of crazy. Obi-Wan finally agrees after this fight to help Mace and they go to the cantina to get, uh, information on, uh, something that, uh, cause Obi-Wan has contacts on Tatooine. He's been here a little bit, you know, uh, maybe this is where uncle Owen comes into the picture somewhere, but I want, Vader to get information that Mace Windu has gone to Tatooine. Now, Vader's not going to go to Tatooine. So anytime we pan the Vader, he's going to be on, you know, a Star Destroyer. But he's going to send bounty hunters to capture Mace. And I want a scene, I want a scene somewhere in there where Vader is, 
you know, staring at a hologram of Tatooine, kind of like when Count Dooku in episode two picks up the hologram thing pad and he they show the Death Star. I want something small like that, maybe on a computer console or something. And I want him to use the this get so angry he uses the force to crush it to show that Tatooine kind of brings him pain or the memory of Tatooine. And uh, so Mace, Obi-Wan, and Uncle Owen are going to fight off this onslaught of bounty hunters and or stormtroopers. And I want Obi-Wan to get wounded. I want to get hurt really bad. That's why he can't fight like he uh, does when he meets Darth Maul and then when he fights on the Death Star. So he's, I want him to get hurt. And I want, I want Uncle Owen to save Obi-Wan and I want Mace to know there's no escape. So he sacrifices himself so that Obi can go on and protect the last hope, the boy, Luke Skywalker. And you know, so Obi- you're, you're hmm? gonna bring Samuel Jackson back in a movie and then kill him. I mean, I did it. I don't yes. see any problem with it. But I want Obi. Obi is forced <laughs> to watch the fate of Mace, and I want Jar Jar to be recaptured and or killed. <laughs> and um, I want it to also kind of be almost like a shadowing of a political statement as well as like you know. Um, you lost me. Okay, well that's fine, but I want, I want it to have some meaning, uh, some depth besides just you know, some moral uh, issue as well. But I, I just I think this would make it more worthwhile to, I don't know, because I, I I think capturing Luke as a boy would be goofy, and I don't know how else you would do an in between without making it have meaning, because it's. There's a lot out there. Yeah, there's, I mean, you just have him fight bounty hunters by himself, or you have him stop a bounty hunter thing, or you have him, uh, I mean, what else can you do? So I feel like, you know, bringing Mace, uh, a broken Mace to, and this could even be a sequel to my first Mace Windu, and Mace Windu lives. I mean, this could be a sequel to my, yeah, what I just said, my Mace Windu movie. But that's my uh, Obi-Wan pitch. Now, when you, when you say a political statement, are you meaning like a reflection of society or like a moral journey with uh, either lessons or, you know, something that makes you think? Uh, kind of both. Kind of um, the image of, you know, like the empire or something, you know, beating and capturing an African-American man, you know, which is Mace Windu, kind of showing the reflection of reality in, the, in a fantasy, in the science fiction. Because science fiction has always been kind of a reflection of reality, in a way. So I kind of want to add that to Star Wars, in a sense. And uh, I don't know, I, I feel like George Lucas would be on board for that. So that's why I felt like that would be a piece of the puzzle. Now, there, I, I could, the moral of it is letting, you know, is the moral choice of letting Mace die. Because, you know, he, I mean, he's sacrificing himself, also. Uh, to he wants to he kind of wants revenge for Anakin, you know, kind of ruining everything. So he wants to kill Luke, or the heir to Skywalker. So by him, you know, making that choice at the end to sacrifice himself to let Obi Wan, you know, to realize that is the last hope is uh Luke in a sense, and knowing that Obi Wan has to protect him, I feel like is also a a moral uh lesson in itself in a way too. So Darth Vader's not going to come down at all. No, Even though he, he knows there's like two Jedis down there. He's not going to know there's two Jedis down there. He's only going to know about Mace Windu. They're going to kill the bounty hunters, but what's going to happen is the stormtroopers are going to show up. And um, by the time Uncle Owen has 
gotten i'm thinking of maybe hiding in a canyon like obi uh like um uncle owen drags obi-wan into this crack to hide as they watch uh mace windu get beat and uh you know maybe potentially killed or captured i i think that that would also show the disdain you know between uncle owen and obi-wan especially when he brings up old ben in new hope you know he's like uh he's just he's a legend or a myth or whatever he says about him and on the at the table or the drink of blue milk that's that's my connection between uncle owen because them going to save um a baby luke i mean that essentially could work and then maybe you could have obi-wan erase the memory of a young luke skywalker but if he's a baby like i i, I just i don't under, I, i've never read that that idea so i don't know but i just think that idea would just be kind of like uh oh here you go here's your obi-wan movie whatever but i i feel like this would would um show where the like using mace as a way to show where uh these jedi are that you know they are people who can be broken and you know mace is obviously like you know he wants to do whatever he can to defeat the empire and seek revenge for what happened to him so he's kind of samuel jackson is basically his character from kong (laughs) in a way in a way but um a little more a little more uh you know not trying to kill a giant monkey but you know using whatever he can leverage on Obi-Wan to try to, you know, do what he thinks is right. So he kind of becomes like a Saul Guerrero. He kind of becomes an extremist in a way. Save the dream. Save the dream. <laughs> but that's, that's my, uh, that's my uh, pitch for uh, the Obi-Wan movie. Uh, I, can, I can get on board with it. It's a pretty, uh, pretty dark. I think you, out of all of ours, that's the darkest one. I, I will say, and I'm just, this is just my opinion. I don't know that Star Wars is the place for a political statement about current society, but I, I could see what you're going for there. I do think morals and meaning matter to Star Wars. I think they need to mm-hmm. uh, make a difference. So. I think it'd, it'd definitely be different from uh, what we've seen so far with, uh, you know, Rogue One. And I mean, there, there's some, there's meaning and death in, Force Awakens and, you know, obviously all the other Star Wars, you know, especially with the hero journey and, and, you know, moral choices and stuff like that. But I just feel like more recently with, you know, Force Awakens and what I'm seeing come come out of, uh, well, I don't know, we haven't seen Last Jedi yet, so I can't say, you know, but with Rogue One and, you know, the Han Solo movie just also seems like kind of a throwaway unless there's a way they can hook me with a meaning of, or some kind of moral lesson or statement or whatever but I, even though i think that movie should not be made um if there's got to be a way if they can hook me and i can believe the plot and stuff then sure well, maybe i will maybe like the han solo movie i don't know wait wait, wait, wait. you're actually gonna go see the han solo movie now um i maybe um you know your, i don't know your wall is crumbling down no, shush no shush the berlin wall was not permanent either, I just, Mario. I just feel like you need... Force fields are meant to be broken. <laughs> this also shows the darkness of the time, I feel like, as well. I think this also will shadow or show the, uh, the reign of what's going on without a republic, in a way. The best, thing the... Is, the best thing is, all three of these movies can be made. They should just do a three-part Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Boom. And that's, uh, John's, that's yours, what... mine. Speaking to the, the Han Solo movie, these movies are being made to to expand upon characters, and 
I mean, whether you think it's relevant or not, people do want to know about Han Solo's ridiculous adventures. <laughs> that's that's why it's being made. It's not because he's a cash grab. It's because it's a cash he's, grab. It's not a cash grab because people want it made. Now people want it because it, it's Star Wars. People want it because they like the character. There are people that love the original movies, hate the prequels, but want this movie made because they like Han Solo. There's people on the other side that don't want it at all because they don't want them to destroy the character. That's kind of like a, you know, a fear thing where you're, you're so scared of what they could do, you don't want them to do it at all. I mean, obviously, they're going to make money. All of the anthology movies are cash grabs. The new sequel movies are cash grabs. That's what it's about is making money, but at the same time, they're trying to expand the universe in a way that makes sense. That's what they did with Rogue One. They told you a story that should have been told, I guess. That's what people thought. I mean, I personally didn't think the Rogue One story needed to be told, uh, but it was definitely more surprising to me. I, I came out liking it better than Force Awakens, personally. Um, I just... I see what you're saying. I, see, I know that there are people out there who definitely want to see a Han Solo movie and are excited about it. I just don't think it needs to happen. We already saw his growth. We saw his beginning. We knew where Han came from. Why do we need to see why Chewie and Han came together? I mean, that's just... That, that's not giving any more growth to the character that we already saw. You're just, you're just adding more things, I guess, that could... I want to see him become a badass. I don't know. I personally... And I'm going to go see it. Um, someone's going to buy me a ticket because that's the running joke. But I want you to keep a marker of how many times you're triggered during the movie. <laughs> I will bring one of those old clickers. And uh, John, you got one of those old clickers? Uh, I can get one. How many times? I'll click it in the movie theater. <laughs> how many times I, I get triggered? I Who actually is think clicking? I do have one. Who is clicking? <laughs> But uh, what, what is that noise? Am I watching <laughs> there, Dunkirk? Your cell phone. Am but, I watching Dunkirk? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I we can go on and on about our uh, you know disagreement on the whole Han Solo thing, but uh, unless you're just staying the other side of it, I I don't know how you feel personally. I don't really care to be honest. I don't really want to see the movie. I'll go see it because it's being made. But I just, you know, there is another side that actually wants it made. I just want that, you know, to be clear. Chris Hawk does not mind. Chris Hawk loves all the Star Wars, baby. All of it. Chris Hawk <laughs> would go see a movie about Django Fett being cloned. Django Fett clone? That would be a great movie, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you make it about them little brontosaurus looking people. I will see a movie about them. Chris Hawk would go see a movie that is literally just want, like watching Congress, except it's the Senate, and they're just passing bills. That's He would watch that. This is how democracy dies, baby. You know it. I've seen it. It's going to happen with thunderous applause. A whole movie about how uh, Senator Palpatine got elected. Exactly. Oh, you don't want to do that. That's going to give him all the power. I got all the gold, baby. All the gold. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mario, yeah. which Obi-Wan movie do you pick? Uh, I think you already know which one I pick. By default, because of Qui-Gon, I'm picking John. That's, that's, uh, I, I so was biased. pandering. I'm going to be honest. You were so <laughs> pandering. John Kenobi. 
Uh, I'd honestly, I think I'd have to see Morrow's movie. It, the problem, Chris Hawk, I really appreciate what you're trying to do, is just the Clone Wars, man. It's so hard to fit anything in that era, because I really wanted to pitch a movie, an Obi-Wan Anakin movie, but it's just so hard. They did so much in the Clone Wars. I'd have to go rewatch the show, like, three times to be able to fit something in there that made sense, to be honest. I also pick Mario's just because it'd, it'd be cool to see a dark style Star Wars movie. I mean, something edgy. So, these are our pitches. Mario picked a Mace Obi-Wan team-up Suicide Squad <laughs> edgy movie. John Kenoki picked a Qui-Gon Obi-Wan Origins movie. And then Chris Hawk pitched a Anakin and Obi-Wan or, uh, team-up movie. Tell us which one you liked on our Twitter at cinema at cinema seven underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook cinema seven podcast. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Tumblr. You can find us on Patreon. John, you want to tell us about Patreon? Yeah, you can find us on Patreon. You can support us for a dollar, a dollar a month. And, uh, you know, we will uh, mention your name on every podcast like so. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, me. Thanks, Mario's mom. Uh, there are other reward Chris tiers Hawk, you can get you other things. I, yeah, Chris Hawk doesn't even support the podcast. I, every you want to be better I, than him? Do it. Every time I try to get on the Patreon website, it doesn't want to load for me. It's a dollar, Chris Hawk, to support your own like, podcast. I sounds like a Scrooge know, over there. Guys. I know, guys. Never retire. Never retire. Oh, yeah. Uh, best of wishes to Ric Flair. Get well. Yes. Any other, uh, any other last words? Um, I, I want to mention that there are more episodes coming. A lot more uh, Pitcher Fix It episodes. Where I'm going to put out a Dr. Doom one. I'm going to post this one uh, before that one because I believe this should be out ASAP as soon as possible. Um. Look forward to our, our check out our animated crossover picture fix it. And we're also going to do a fix it, another fix it soon. Um, if you want to know how we do a fix it, check out our Spider Man 3 fix it, um, where uh, Chris Poole from Fireside Comics um, guests. We're also going to, me and Chris Hawk are going to guest on Fireside Comics, talk about the Defenders uh, this coming week or next week. Uh, so look forward to that. Head over to Fireside Comics, check them out. Uh, what and else? Me, me and Mario are going to do an episode on uh, what happened to Monday. What happened to Monday? I just watched it. I really liked it. Uh, and, I, I and John and John, if he wants to, also. Yeah, John should totally check it out. Um, you know, John's I wasn't a, invited. John's a male feminist. He <laughs> he will love anything about women kicking ass, but as long as they're blue, as long as they're blue, you're right. So maybe John, I don't know if you want to watch this one. <laughs> they're not blue. <laughs> I also like obscure names like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Chris Hogg, if you wanted to uh, send it off. So as always, from us at Cinema 7, we want to thank you for listening with us. We want to thank you for watching with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. And greet the moon, meet the sun, playing Star Wars on my PS1. You're my only love, you're the only one You're my bad guy, Obi Wan. You're my only love, you're the only one Still got my bad guy, Obi Wan. He my only love, he the only one You're my bad guy, Obi Wan. He my only love
Hey, Cinema 7 listeners, it's Mario B. If you're wondering what the song is, it's called Obi-Wan by Woofie. Uh, it's by Rough Town Entertainment, and if you check out the music video on YouTube, uh, the video is produced by Show and Prove. Um, if you're a Star Wars fan, check out Rebel Force Radio for a, you know, a podcast that's straight all about Star Wars. I've been listening to them uh, a lot lately, and I hardcore approve if uh, you're a Star Wars fan. Also, check out Fireside Comics, a podcast we mentioned in this episode. Uh, like we said, we will be guesting on their show this coming week. And um, I wanted to give a shout out to a talented artist, uh, Matt Nixon. He will be uh, creating our new logo for us, and uh, he eventually will be a guest on the podcast. He's also a uh, Star Wars fan, so you know we'll have him on to probably talk about Star Wars and talk about his art. Uh, you can check out his art on Instagram at the handle uh, Gorilla with a Tie. So be sure to check out his art. Also, uh, you can check out other picture fix it episodes by us, including our mace windu pitch it or fix it um, but you can also check out all our episodes on all podcast platforms so be sure to uh check us out hope you guys enjoy this episode see you